Welcome to the Choose You Now podcast. I'm your host, Juliana Hever. Dr. Lori Marvis is a double board certified family medicine and lifestyle medicine physician who has been utilizing food as medicine since 2012. She is the co-founder of Plant-Based Telehealth, focused on the prevention and reversal of chronic disease utilizing lifestyle medicine. And she currently, wait for this, holds medical licenses in all 50 states and DC. Sit down in whatever state or country you are in and get ready to be inspired. Dr. Lori Marvis, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Juliana. It's always a blast talking to you. So thank you. Yes, it is. It's so fun because we've been on the same like plant-based healthcare circles for so many years, but we've recently had an opportunity to get to know each other even better. And it's been really exciting because I see you as a incredibly strong, powerful, extraordinary woman who can be stopped by nothing or nobody. But today we're not going to talk about what we normally talk about, you know, all the plant-based goodness that we love to discuss. Instead, I'd really love to dig in further about that extraordinary woman behind the beyond typical accomplishments that you've achieved thus far in your life. I mean, this includes, we could dig in, the military, being licensed in all 50 states in medicine. Oh my gosh, like that's incredible. You're also a super mom, an athlete, a podcaster, an entrepreneur, co-founder of the amazing plant-based telehealth, and an educator. Can you please start with where that incredible passion and drive began? <laughs> um, thank you. Those are very kind words. Um, honestly, I think uh, ignorance is bliss in many of these adventures I get myself into. Um, it probably starts with in earnest, honestly, as a child, knowing that I was in circumstances that were not ideal and knowing the only thing I knew that I had control of were my own actions. And so hard work kind of prevailed in that. And that started with my education. And then I had an opportunity to see my sister actually have a significant recovery um, from a surgery that was done by a surgeon when she was four and I was 10. And that really lit me into the healthcare field anyway. But um, I also always knew I wanted to be a mom and, you know, have those other important factors in my life. And so really, I, I just kind of learned to strip down things to the essentials and really focus on those things that would provide <laughs> the biggest bang for my time, so to speak. And honestly, I do the hard things first. And I would just find that that really has been very helpful most of my life. Is that from military training or did you go into the military with that intention? Um, the military came, well, you know, I, I had, I grew up in a, in a little town, not far from a military base. I have a family, a history of military. Um, so I've always felt the desire to serve. And I think that kind of goes along with just being a physician or anyone like yourself who's in healthcare, you, you have a desire to help and serve. And, um, coming from a patriotic family, that kind of the military experience just kind of was a natural fit. And, once I found out they could help pay for medical school, that was a no-brainer for me. And I'll tell you, it was a, an invaluable experience. It was a hard experience <laughs> uh, being deployed and having kids and husband and family and um, is, is not easy, but I certainly learned uh, a bit about grit and understanding that hard things are worth doing. And so um, you just learn how to deal with it. So you just keep going. 
Oh, and that you do. <laughs> so <I> remember, <laughs> we were doing some panel together or something, or we were just talking. I don't remember, but I love my, I have a favorite mug that's Wonder Woman. And I, because <laughs> I love Wonder Woman so much and what she stands for and the whole idea about, you know, the power pose and about standing in your truth and your strength. And I, and as we were talking, you picked up your Wonder Woman mug that was almost exactly the same. And I was like, oh my gosh, there you go. That's where our boss is. <laughs> and then I proceeded to tell you, oh my gosh, I always tell my kids about the power pose. I always teach about the power pose because it's so, mm-hmm. it's so incredibly helpful. And like, actually, I should just explain it for anyone that doesn't know. When you stand there and open up your arms and you're grounded and your feet are on the ground and your arms are wide open and your chest is lifted, your posture is good, that you have a better chance of you know feeling confident. And there's like a biochemical response that makes you feel powerful and strong and confident. And I feel like that totally represents you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I actually told my daughter that same thing when she was going into her medical school interviews and I was like, Em, do the power pose. And, you know, she went on to medical school and is graduated now in residency. So I, th- I think it worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect example. So during that training in the military, what did you learn about yourself? Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I also, I learned what was most valuable in my life, which was my family. Um, And I also understood that, you know, there are larger picture things that we have to take in considerations before we commit. So, right. So I I love the people and the interactions that I had in the military. It told me how to work as a team, um, certainly how to invest in health and being active and how important that was, you know, because the military, those in the military have the same symptoms and chronic diseases as anyone else. They have oh my goodness, diabetes, sleep apnea, they're overweight. And, but not only that though, but their mission and lives actually really may, I mean, truly lives will depend on their ability to respond quickly and be at the top notch of their game at all times. And when you get deployed overseas, like I was in the Middle East, I went to South America. um, When you're flying around in a plane and they're doing, you know, combat dives to land and take off and you're going, what am I doing here? You know, you're sitting here, you know, you're thinking to yourself, what is most important to me? Is this, is this where I want to be? And I think for some people, yes, it was, but for me, my thoughts went right back to my three kids and my husband. And that's really, it really honed into me, you know, understanding, I appreciate the mission of the military and it's a very important aspect of, you know, uh, of course there's, you know, dynamics to the politics of all that, but if you actually meet the people who are actually day-to-day working in the military, they have the highest, some of the highest suicide rates. I mean, the, the stress levels are tremendous and these are just phenomenal human beings and they work hard um, and they just, they just do what has to be done because that's, they don't have a choice, you know, and they, they, the bonding is, ex, is extraordinary. But I found that after those four years, I just understood there were also limitations to moving a very large machine. And just like healthcare is a struggle here, it's a healthcare in the military as well. And so I, I really felt like I wanted to be a bit more, I think I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit and kind of a independent streak. Um, and so I just really felt that I would be best suited outside of that um, at that time. But I learned so many valuable things about relationships and just doing hard things. Cause honestly, you just learn to do some really tough things. And I'll tell you, you just like, you push yourself physically, you push yourself mentally, um, you push each other, you learn to deal with circumstances that are, um, that you would never find yourself in otherwise. And it's just, uh, 
it was a an extremely valuable experience in my life and it shaped me definitely to um just keep going right you just you just whenever i think that i can't do something i'm like mm, i can and so you know you just you just got to back up and go it's okay Lori. just take one step at a time and just don't get overwhelmed by the big picture just smoke focus on what you can do today that small little step i love that how did that translate in medicine when you started your career in medicine um <laughs> Um, so that, that's a funny one. So I actually, so I met my husband when I was 19. Um, we we're both uh, in college and he was my first boyfriend and haven't been apart since that's been almost, gosh, it's been over 30 years. Wow. And yeah. And, um, so I'm very blessed. He's a, a very nice human and, um, I can be a handful sometimes. And so I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> thankful for that. So, and, uh, I always told them before we got married, I was like, listen, I, I, I want to go to medical school. And if you're not okay with that, we're just not, we're not meant for each other because this is the way it is. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Needless to say, did he realize what that would entail for him later? But I decided, um, you know, with him being active duty as well, he, he did a, he did eight years and I did four years at different times in the military. So we've, we've had some interesting times together just with just traveling and moving and living all over this country. And what was really interesting was um, I decided to have family first. So I had my three children, um, uh, geez, 23, 25, and 27. By the time I was 27, I had three little ones under four. And I decided to start medical school. Well, Gabe, Gabe came along, my little one, he's almost 23 now. Gabe came along and I had already been accepted to medical school. And so I delayed a year. So I started medical school when they were five, three, and 10 months. Gosh. And uh, Emily and I started medical school in, in kindergarten the same day. And, uh, she cried, she, I cried, she was happy to go. Um, <laughs> um, but I think, you know, during that journey of, and I also did a MD and BA. Um, so I, cause I really felt the business side of medicine was really important for me to learn. And this is before I went to the military. So I went to the military afterwards. And, but what was interesting during that time of balancing kids in, in medical school, I was, there were two of us that were moms in my class. Um, my other classmate had a child that was a, the same age as Gabriel. They were two days apart. And I really had to figure out <laughs> how to memorize a large amount of things, stay focused <laughs> as a mom. And my grandmother lived with us as well. And she, is, she was going through some tough times. Um, she had a stroke and breast cancer while I was in medical school. So it was it was really interesting during that time to really just reflect on day-to-day -day just survival at times. My husband drove 100 miles one way to work for two years because he was still active duty while we were in Texas and I was in medical school. And I'm just sitting here going, you know, it really is a matter of day-to-day. -day. Um, I was very lucky to find, I hired some help um, from the local college. There's a young woman who'd come in and help with my grandmother and the kids when I wasn't able to be there. I had a pager back in the day in medical school for family emergencies. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, you know, what I ended up doing is I, I really determined that there were some things that I could do to utilize my skill set to help me make it through medical school. One is being very organized. And I'd always been that way. I don't know if that's just innate or whatever, but highly organized and understanding that I got to get the most important things done earlier in the day because the rest of the day has an opportunity to go insane. So I think that was very helpful. And just knowing that it's okay if the house, you know, as long as everyone has a clean pair of underwear, I was cool and they had food <laughs> on their plate, you know, and so I would get the laundry done when possible and 
do go to the grocery store shopping. We did a lot of menu planning. We did a lot of leftovers. And, you know, I was never a short order cook. I said, kids, this is what you get. What you get on your plate is what you'll eat <laughs> or you'll be hungry the next day. So, I, you know, we were, the family just understood that it was a family affair. We all had to pitch in. The kids were cleaning bathrooms by the time they were five and six because they, I mean, there was no problem with them learning these skills washing their own clothes as they got older, cleaning the bathrooms, vacuuming. And um, they just understood that's the way it was. Everyone helped fold the clothes. I, I, why should I be the one to have to fold all these clothes that you wore them? So, you know, those were the things that were just really important and understanding that I don't have to do everything. And then if I do do something, done is better than perfection. I just need to get it done. And in medical school, though, because I understood that that was really important. The foundation of my education would make me a better doctor. <laughs> and I had to pass some tests along the way. Um, I started drawing cartoons. So um, I'd been a doodler my whole life. And I soon realized that drawing out a concept, for example, um, let's say I, uh, peptidoglycans is a, a, a classification of, of drugs. This is, and it started with pharmacology because they were just such mundane, boring facts that you have to memorize. And I would draw like, a Pepsi bottle that rec you know recommended or resembled represented peptidoglycans and vancomycin is a, one of those antibiotics and I drew a little van and it's running across some mean looking little sugars because amine sugars is one of the things of its metabolism. I color it red because it causes flushing syndrome and I put the entire picture in one category like all of them would go on the Pepsi bottle and I remember things as I was taking tests or trying to understand the concept. I, if I had to draw it, then it expounded. So what happened was my my classmates soon saw what I was doing and they're like, hey, can you draw this for this? Can you do it for microbiology? Can you do it for, um, you know, we did it for anatomy phys. And then my other friend that was also the other mom, she had a knack for drawing as well. And so we did it together. We ended up publishing seven books when I was in medical school. That's so, were, that's so creative because it's the visual thing. Like it just, yeah. it's for the memory. That's really brilliant. Yeah. We call them visual mnemonics. And I always tell people, you know, um, I made it through medical school because of cartoons and it really was true. <laughs> um, but they, they were really helpful and that's just carried through, um, you know, just really trying to understand making things systems, doing the hard things first, being truly organized and just, you know, getting everything down to the essentials. And that's why like minimalism approach, you know, kind of really is a very, uh, it's one of my favorite things to, to talk about is just, you know, making everything in its place, very simple. So you have a buffer too, though, for things that you can be flexible with, but at least you've got the most important things dealt with. So yeah, it makes sense. That's awesome. I love that. It's so creative. Um, and it puts everything together in a, for everyone to understand. I love that. Mm -hmm. So, okay. All of these incredible experiences that you've had are, you know, a little bit different. They all you know, obviously came together with all these skill stacks, but the one thing that's in common is you. So how have all of these things collectively changed you as a person? Um, well, that's interesting. Uh, I would say change me as a person because one, it was interesting. I, I was on a recent podcast interview and someone goes, wow, you, you just seem so confident in your answers about, you know, when someone challenges me about maybe plant-based eating or one of my belief systems or something. And I was like, you know, it's not even so much confidence. I just feel like, well, maybe it is. I, I guess it's, I just feel so comfortable with the knowledge that I have and the decisions I've come to because I've taken the time to sit back and really reflect 
and, you know, structure my belief systems around my core values and my principles. And the, what that allowed me to do is look at others as well and try to understand where they're coming from. And being a physician for over two decades, you're just sitting back looking at thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of conversations where people are telling you the most uncomfortable things that they will probably have never tell another human being in their life, you know? And so that really sits back and it really makes you humble in the sense like, I got to understand where is this other person coming from? So if someone is challenging me or someone's asking me a question or someone's telling me something, I really need to sit back and listen and try to understand where they're coming from. So I really feel like all of those experiences, I hope, has made me a better listener and a better partner in someone's health because I don't ever want to be a dictator. Although sometimes a physician has to be a little bit more directive and say, listen, <laughs> we got to get your blood pressure under control. We got to get your blood, you know, sometimes that happens, but it's in a loving and hopeful manner. It's not some way that you're just like authoritarian and like you will do this or fail. I never want that. Um, and I, I just feel like that people really find that very helpful. Um, but so for me, that's changed me. It's just, I, it's allowed me to try to understand another person's perspective. If I didn't have those other experiences and my growing up and living where I have and being sent all over the place, I, I just really don't think I, I would have the capability of understanding. And I'm always open and I have an insatiable curiosity. So it, that's another part of it. I'll ask a ton of questions. I just love hearing about people and loving their journeys and, um, and, you know, saying what I can take, what can I take from that to make this life a little easier? Because why should learn, why should we learn something that someone else has already done? Yeah. Build on it. I love that. So, okay, Lori, personally, you are an incredible mom, obviously. You're an athlete. You're an entrepreneur. You wear all of these different hats. We talk here about choosing you now. When and how have you chosen yourself in these experiences throughout your life and now? Um, I think, you know, it's funny because uh, as you're, as children are growing up, we, you know, we really try to appease our parents. We're always looking for confirmation. You know, you hear about young families who get divorced and the kids feel it's their fault. And so those type of things. So that's kind of as, as you're growing, you know, I remember going through these phases as my family had these serious issues and um, thinking, you know, what can I do to make it better? So I was always trying to fix things. But there came to a point that I just realized I couldn't fix things because every time I tried to fix it, um, it stayed the same or got worse. And so what I did decide is that I could choose how I responded to any given situation. I could choose to stay in a situation. Um, and I could, you know, I could choose who I allowed in my life. And I think that really was the first step in the right direction and just healing things that occur. Um, cause you know, childhood trauma can be, um, defining for many, many people in, it can make your lives better or worse. I certainly could have gone a different way than I had. Um, but I had very instrumental adults in my life. Um, Coach, <laughs> Coach Willis in high school, um, who I'm still in touch with, was one of my most dearest teachers. And then I had some really good friends whose parents took interest in me. And I could see that there was a different way. So that was when I could see that there was a different way and I had the choice to make that. That's where, honestly, that's where that, that I feel like the power to choose for yourself where that destiny should go. And so, you know, that reflection back then, and then what I found is that sometimes I make the right decision 
And sometimes I make the wrong, but however, in the moment, it may seem like the wrong decision. But as time goes on, if you keep looking for opportunities, those op that decision actually led to even greater opportunities than something else could have occurred. So I also try to understand that every moment that I make a decision, I use the best of my capabilities. I sit back and I try to make the best one for the moment. Sometimes they're tough. <laughs> Sometimes they're really easy to make, but always knowing that there should be no regret because you're doing the best you can at that moment. So I think, you know, watching my grandmother, who was what, again, one of those instrumental adults in my life, she, um, she always talked about regretting things in her life and it really made me sad. And so I, I said, you know, I don't want to live life regretting things that occurred in the past because there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And so, you know, you embrace the past and it's kind of like with my patients. I was like, you know, so you didn't eat well yesterday or you have diabetes. Okay, but today's a new day. So let's live for today because this is all you have. You, we can plan for the future, but we don't know if we're guaranteed tomorrow or the next day or whatever. But right now we can make a decision. So that day-to-day -day choice really matters. And so I think that that's where I've kind of just, I'm very comfortable in that place uh, um, of just making the day-to-day -day decisions and knowing that some people will be happy with it, some won't, but they'll have to respect me for it because that is that is who I am. And um, and I think that's honestly how my husband and I have gotten, we've gotten along so well in all these years and the kids were very close is that, we just understand we do, we make these decisions and we do the best we can and we don't regret it. We just, you know, we, we just keep living and it's kind of how it is. I hope that makes sense. Not only does it make sense. I have to tell you, like you literally just brought so many tears to my eyes. <laughs> like, it's so I just think that's the most positive thing I think I've ever heard because oh. you're right. You can't regret because what are you going to do? Oh my God. I just think that's absolutely extraordinary. Thank you for that. And I could talk to you all day, but we keep these kind of short, so we're going to have to have you back. Yeah. But there's so much wisdom in there. I just, I can't even thank you enough. Uh, thank you for having me. That was a lot of fun. Done is better than perfection. I'm going to say that every single day. And I love the whole idea that you have the power to choose where your destiny should go. If you are inspired and enjoy the Choose You Now podcast, please subscribe to the show, rate and review us on iTunes, and send us an email with questions and comments at chooseyounowpodcast at gmail.com. For nutrition services and more information, visit me at plantbaseddietitian.com. I invite you to choose yourself now, and I'm signing off with lots of leafy green love.